Insights from the world's best medical minds. This is the therightdoctors.com. Uh, I am Dr. Pradeep Chabe. I'm chairman of Max Institute of uh, uh, Minimal Access Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery, New Delhi. And you are seeing me on the therightdoctor.com, India's leading medical knowledge platform. Today, uh, we will be talking about how our experience has been uh, in the last couple of months. And we all know that the whole world is uh, uh, having problems with the corona infection, which came quite as a sudden and sur surprising way. And especially it became not only for the government and the medical people, but I think it, it has influenced across the all walks of life each and every country of the world is affected by that and uh, once we got over the shock of uh, this uh, uh, corona infection we hardly knew about this uh, virus and we hardly knew how it's going to behave how we are going to manage them what are the medications which are necessary and what should be done for these patients. And as the uh, experienced uh, increased and also we took the uh, instructions and also the experience of other countries, which were likely to be a little ahead of us and taking clue from that, I think all the things have started moving in India as well. And uh, I must uh, uh, express my view that uh, the uh, timely lockdown by the government uh, really helped the medical people to uh, gather their knowledge and also the infrastructure which are required for this uh, sinister, uh, highly contagious uh, disease. We had a big dilemma uh, after getting over the shock, what we are going to do with the emergency surgery. And once we started doing emergency surgery. Then also came a dilemma of uh, what, when should we start our routine surgeries? So I think these two things have been quite different. And uh, today I am planning to share with you about the uh, uh, way we have moved, the way we have progressed, and uh, with the intention that uh, this might help our other colleagues to uh, see what uh, they should be doing and also we are always keen learner and we would also with their inputs we will know how uh, much better we can do uh, in the present circumstances i'm sure whatever i'm talking and discussing today tomorrow may be even better way of managing it but as it stands today i think all today my discussion will be uh, whatever little knowledge we have whatever little experience we have uh, at Max Institute in New Delhi. This is what I'm going to share. We all know that the things, say for example, uh, the national health in the UK, uh, there is 50% emergency and 50% elective surgery, where in our experience was entirely different in the non-COVID time. We were doing 20% emergencies and 80% 20% routine surgeries uh, sorry, emergency surgeries and 80% uh, elective surgeries because uh, we were sort of giving less uh, waiting period for elective surgeries. Whereas in India, 
uh, in UK things were different because they have a long uh, waiting uh, period uh, for that. In March, our knowledge about uh, virus, apart from the simple fact we knew the sequence of the virus, we knew that it is a protein, we knew that it is highly contagious. Our knowledge was uh, in today's comparison very very uh, uh, minimalistic, I would say. And then uh, I. The main concern was not to let this virus spread in the community, in the general public. And the whole concentration was on that aspect. And soon we realized that mask is a very, very important uh, uh, way of preventing this infection. And of course, it continues even now. But also we realized that uh, it is not only the mask, it is properly worn, proper mask is important. That is another is importance about the hand hygiene. When we talk about how to, uh, before wearing the mask, we have to sanitize our hands. After wearing the, removing the mask, we have to sanitize our hand. Any touching on any surface, we have to sanitize. So importance of sanitize became uh, a very uh, crucial part. Another very crucial part was to, have a social distancing. So all these things, I think by far, we are quite uh, sure about it by now. As we started emergency surgery, I think our main aim was to prevent the spread of the disease in the medical community, in the paramedical staff, and also in the staff which is treating the patients either in emergency uh, surgery or in emergency way or in the elective uh, manner. So uh, I would like to uh, emphasize on that. And I'm sure you know that this figure is very common, what you see on your screen, the visors, the goggles, the mask, the PPE. I think this is very important that uh, every patient who does not have a COVID status uh, with him, this is the way I think we all uh, should be uh, handling ourselves. And uh, this is the team's look. This is the team, how the team should look now uh, in the present circumstances. If you really look at the uh, another image which uh, you will you are seeing is the way we are doing our consultations. So we are protecting ourselves from the patients with the help of small shields, whether plastic or glass, so that there is a no droplet infection which is uh, coming to uh, uh, the, the doctor who is sitting there. Though we are using the uh, visors, etc., but still that is the way we want it to be uh, uh, done. And uh, then whenever you are transporting the patient, this transportation may be um, simple transportation in the corridor from emergency to the ward, to the operation theater. So all our patients are moved under this cover so that the outside infection should not come to them. And if you're shifting a, a, a COVID patient, then that infection should be prevented. Now, our anesthetist played a very, very important role in these emergency surgeries as well as the elective surgeries and uh, uh, I'm sure we all know that uh, intubation and extubation both are uh, aerosol producing 
procedures like upper GI endoscopy uh, and bronchoscopy. So we have to be very careful while induction. We have to prevent and protect our uh, uh, anesthesia colleagues and the technical colleagues. And this is what the uh, uh, acrylic sheet cover uh, case which we are using. And uh, by now, we feel that it is very, very important part of induction and extubation of uh, our uh, patients. Then uh, comes the uh, uh, our operation theater. We all know that the previously our operation theaters were having a positive pressure. So when the door used to open, the laminar, that air from the laminar flow from inside the operation theater used to go outside because we did not want the outside contaminated air to come within the operation theater. But the things have changed now. Now we have got a, a negative pressure uh, uh, operation theater. That means the when the door opens, the outside air is coming inside. And once we are shifting over from one case to another case, the pressure inside the operation theater is scavenged out uh, from this operation theater complex. And then we let the negative pressure run for about 30 to 40 minutes because that is the time when we evacuate all the air from inside the operation uh, theater uh, and goes into the filters and after filters and it goes into uh, uh, in, in the atmosphere. So uh, coming to that uh, operation theater changes, now, why should we doing it all these emergency uh, problem? The problem arises with the surgical smoke. The surgical smoke is very uh, uh, important in uh, transmitting the infection to the our medical staff and the staff inside. Now, if you really uh, see carefully on your slide, you will see that, of course, 90% of the surgical smoke. And what is a surgical smoke? Surgical smoke is the smoke which comes out when you are using a cautery, when you are using laser, when you are using ultrasonic knife. So that is a, what is the surgical uh, smoke. And surgical smoke becomes very important. And we should not let this surgical smoke to cover, uh, uh, get uh, spread into the uh, uh, operation theater uh, air. Now, surgical smoke, it has been observed that when you use cautery, the tissues, when they evaporate, it has got a very high uh, viral load. That means when the patient with COVID infection, when the fumes come out, when you use energy sources, those fumes have got high viral load. And that viral load can be contagious and highly infectious to the personnel inside the operation theater. And hence, the smoke evacuation became a very uh, important aspect of uh, managing the uh, operation theater atmosphere inside the air circulation. And then we came with the gadgets which are there, and that gadget you can see on the screen what we call is the smoke evacuator. At the moment, I think what we are using the smoke evacuator 
provided by us by Johnson and Johnson. And uh, today, I very strongly recommend whatever smoke evacuator you may be using, but it is important that we should use a smoke evacuator. This smoke evacuator also has got a, uh, a attachment for the conventional surgery also. So if some surgeons are doing conventional surgery, maybe knee replacement, maybe any general surgical procedure, maybe a cautery or anything. So we should use this uh, same evacuator with the handpiece uh, connector so that whenever you are cutting that surgical smoke visually coming will be evacuated by this smoke evacuator the beauty of this is smoke evacuator is the moment you uh, press the pedal of energy source like diathermy this evacuator becomes active immediately and immediately it sucks out all the smoke whether it is in laparoscopy or whether uh, it is in uh, conventional surgery and uh, uh, also what we are doing is uh, for laparoscopic surgery what we are using and we call it is a uh, uh, magic towel now what is a magic towel what we are using first of all uh, um, uh, first of all what we do is we uh, use the smoke evacuator and after we have finished the surgery we uh, press a button on the smoke evacuator and that evacuates the pneumoperitoneum through the trocar it collapses the abdomen takes out all the uh, carbon dioxide which is there inside so it only not only takes the smoke but also takes away the carbon dioxide at the end of the operation and then what I was talking to you about the magic towel. What we do is the one surgical towel, big abdominal sheet, we dip it in the normal saline and we spread it over the patient with our uh, uh, our trocars in place. We don't pull out the trocars because even after the smoke evacuator has evacuated all the gas from inside, still there is a possibility some air, air may be there in the peritoneum so what we do is first we let the trocars be there we cover this sheet on top of those trocars and then under the sheet we pull out the trocars so whatever few cc of carbon dioxide is there it gets absorbed in that water soaked or saline soaked towel so there is a zero contamination of the uh, uh, operation theater air and that is what i think uh, we have uh, uh, been able to achieve now if you see our experience during this period we have uh, uh, used uh, we have done almost about 120 laparoscopic procedures which includes our uh, uh, regular surgeries which we have started since the first week of May, we have started the, the regular laparoscopic procedures for things like gallbladder, hernia, and maybe started now with the bariatric procedures also, because we know that these patients cannot continue waiting for a very, very long time, because otherwise the disease starts showing the, their own complications. 
for example we had few cases uh, where they developed uh, a, a, a pancreatitis so things like that so we in these cases we have realized that uh, most of the time we are doing it as a daycare procedure we are trying to keep them in the hospital as less as possible so most of the patients are admitted on the morning of the operation theater and by afternoon or in the evening we discharge these patients and if they need some injectable antibiotics or anything then we take care uh, we request our uh, max home care to go and uh, give that uh, those antibiotics etc to them also what we are doing is we are using either subcuticular uh, wound closures or we are using the glues so that and waterproof dressing so what happens that these patients once they are discharged they don't have to come back to the uh, hospital again that is very important for us because we know that they don't they we should not have them visit hospital uh, if it is not required so if you really look at that i think you know our um, uh, most of the uh, hospital has care has been uh, very very simple a uh, couple of hours in the hospital and that's all that is what they are needed now uh, what uh, what experience we have uh, about our uh, uh, these cases now our experience has been very uh, satisfactory and we are very confident now i will talk about two patients one patient now what let's just before i go on to that what i will try to discuss with you is first first point first point is that we have three zones in the hospital one of our building complete building is a covid hospital so we call it as a <coughs> red zone now then there is a uh, uh, a zone which you can call it as a orange zone where the covid status of the person patient is not known and then we have got a green zone where everything is uh, have got a non covid status in case of emergency the when the patient comes we put them on the orange zone and we uh, apart from giving the methods and other uh, uh, help to these uh, patients their uh, initial management surgical management and we take a, a swab for rt pcr for which we get results after couple of hours and we continue the management and till we get the covid status if the patient is bleeding if the patient needs emergency surgery of course from that uh, orange zone we shift those patient to the operation theater operate them but we operate those patients considering them as covid positive patients corona positive patients so we all will wear ppe we will all uh, have 100% precaution what you take for corona patient after the operation is over or after the initial emergency management is over if the covid uh, corona covid status comes negative we shift those patient to the green zone if the covid status comes as positive then we shift them to the red zone this is what we do for emergency patient then what we do for our routine surgery uh, cases which are we are doing electively or semi electively 
So our requirement, apart from the, all the investigation, whatever you do, we need a COVID status of the patient when we are doing elective operation. So we get a RT-PCR done. Our condition, one condition, which is we follow very strictly, that the PCR uh, uh, results should not be more than 72 hours. But what we have seen is that, you know, because generally 24 to 48 hours, they get their report. And unless we see a report which is negative, we do not admit them for uh, routine surgery. If we admit them for a routine surgery, and uh, then they go into the green zone and uh, the operation theater protocol changes a little bit. We may not be wearing PPE, but at the same time, we are sure to cover our masks, a face with, uh, 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 of course, the mask, the glasses or the visors, and we need not wear the PPE. So these are the patients who are operated as a COVID negative patients. And another point which we always keep is have as less number of persons inside the operation theater. And uh, when the patient is being intubated, except the anesthetist and maybe one person, everybody is out of the operation theater. Once the intubation has taken place, then we uh, uh, create about 10 minutes or 15 minutes gap where we create a negative pressure in the operation theater and all the air which is there, uh, which has come out after intubation is, is scavenged out and then the operating team enters the operation theater. Again, the operating team is the minimal possible number. And once the operation is over, operating team goes out and the anesthetic team uh, uh, extubates the patient and again we let this uh, operation theater be ventilated with a negative uh, pressure for about 15 to 20 minutes and then only we open the doors and then we shift the patient uh, outside into the green zone but as i said the this is what is for covid negative patients now in uh, our experience, whatever has been our experience, I think we had very, very good experience with about 120 surgeries. Some of them has been done in emergency. Some of them has been in an elective uh, method. I think uh, this is the way forward. And uh, two cases, we had problems. One case, when we admitted the patient, this, is a, this was a case of uh, acute cholecystitis and developed cholidocolithiasis and cholangitis. So we had to admit that patient that we got a, for ERCP. We got a COVID status done and managed the patient conservatively. Patient was COVID negative at the time of admission, but after 24 to 48 hours when the patient settled down, we requested uh, for ERCP uh, uh, and stenting of the common bile duct but because we know that ERCP is uh, aerosol producing uh, procedure, we wanted to have the COVID status of uh, a very short time. And uh, we got a repeat COVID status done. And unfortunately, that patient was harboring COVID infection in the incubation period, and that patient became COVID positive.
and then the ERCP was done in the red zone with the COVID positive status, with all PPEs and all sort of in, uh, procedures, uh, 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 all the uh, precautions taken for that uh, patient. This was one. Second, we operated a case of uh, internal hernia occurring after ruin by gastric bypass. As you know, it's a very serious emergency. So we uh, did a, a COVID test. We operated the patient as, uh, and we found it to be COVID negative. But because it was an emergency and we did not know the COVID status, we operated that patient as suspecting as a COVID positive patient using all the PPE and other things which we have already discussed. But the patient remained in the hospital for a couple of days, uh, two days, and then he was discharged. On about seventh day, the patient reported having fever. And when we got a COVID status done, the patient was COVID positive after discharge, might have uh, got a COVID infection, uh, corona infection from the relatives and the the place where the person was stating. So apart from these two of our experiences, we did not really have any uh, experience which was uh, uh, a, a sort of uh, negative experience. So uh, with uh, all this discussion, I would like to uh, conclude uh, uh, my presentation here that out of 120 cases which we did, uh, um, uh, emergency surgery after the lockdown and elective surgery in the first week of May till now, 120 cases were operated and except apart from those two uh, uh, incidences, we did not have any problem because we were very, very strict with our protocol and our medical personnel also did not get uh, any uh, positivity uh, with corona. Uh, uh, diseases that also uh, strengthens our belief that protocols should be very stringent and should very very regularly be uh, followed. So now I will say uh, in conclusion that uh, this is the time to move now. I think uh, uh, we should uh, move further. There is no way because this corona infection is not going to uh, stop at this stage. It is going to continue for months and months to come. I'm sure we are waiting for the vaccination and we don't really know when the vaccination will come, but there's no way we can stop the elective surgery. We have to be very, very cautious, very, very particular what cases you are taking. Uh, at the moment, it's better to avoid very senior uh, persons with multiple comorbidities, but rest of the other patients gradually, gradually uh, should uh, we should be coming for surgery because we don't want these patients to be suffering from the diseases uh, what they are suffering from, maybe brain tumor, maybe malignancies, maybe uh, neurological problems, maybe elective procedures, uh, things like that. Because all the diseases are still there, the corona has been added to the existing disease uh, uh, pattern. So with all these precautions, if we do these surgeries, the outcomes are likely to be very good. And uh, with this, I would like to 
thank uh, the rightdoctor.com for giving me this opportunity to be with uh, all of you to share my experience and i hope and i wish that if you follow these uh, protocols and strict changes in the operation theater uh, and the uh, other required uh, uh, changes which needs to be done in our thinking and in our process i'm sure you are going to have a very reasonably good outcomes of your uh, surgical interventions and all the best thank you very much please take care insights from the world's best medical minds this is the right doctors.com